<laughs> As business owners, entrepreneurs, family men, it's difficult for us to find the time to put together projects like these. Even though it's something we really want to do, unfortunately, taking care of the things we have to take care of comes first. However, because of viewer support for people like you, we're able to continue doing this. Please consider joining our Patreon and supporting the Burn and Return podcast. <laughs> covering news from the agricultural and turf grass industries. And there it is right there. Uh, you know what? Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, it is a special night. There is uh, a special DJ scratch because uh, we have a special illustrious guest in our panel. In place of Matt tonight, Matt's uh, busy off doing, well, things that are funner than talking about what we're going to talk about tonight, which, go ahead and run it, Jay Pink. Oh, uh, I absolutely was not ready. Joe <laughs> 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 knows tough. Hi, I'm Joe. I'm gonna give you a bunch of accurate turf facts today because Joe knows turf. <laughs> Joe does. Joe actually reached out to me this past week, and he is still alive, and that's good to hear and know and and all that kind of stuff. But tonight is a uh, extended cut, a director's cut, if you will, Lushy. Lush, you there, aren't Gentlemen, you? I'm here. See? <laughs> he, he is here, and he is here for an extended cut of Jono's Turf. There's been a lot that we've not been able to unpack here, uh, to use Matt's favorite verb, and uh, we feel the need to exercise the demons. Right, Lushy? Sometimes <laughs> it's good to just, you know, get in there into that open wound and scrub out all the pus and the bad stuff. Maybe talk about a little bit yep. of good stuff, too. There's some good stuff out there yep. as well. So uh you know these are a, a whole bunch of videos that have been sent to us over the last probably about four weeks because uh everybody here on this panel has been busy at one point or another and uh we just have not had time to really dive in and take a uh constructive but uh unapologetic right ray approach right. to mm -hmm. uh to to just just hearing what's out there in the world of uh youtube and social media and turf grass right now so without further ado we're just going to line them up and knock them down one at a time and uh gentlemen i have to tell you that um i i just went ahead and assembled these because they were sent in at different points and so this is going to be uh multiple multiple videos from the same content creator uh this was not done on purpose this is not done to slight this individual although eh, maybe a little bit um and just go ahead and dive in with this first person here uh that's going to give us really uh an entire album of uh shit to wait through let's go ahead and go with it i put propiconazole on my yellow spots where the neighbor took his tree down i sent you pictures last week do i water it in thanks so much ron yes so 
Propoconazole is oxystrobin. Uh, most fungicides in general, at least the ones that are designed for use on residential turf, are designed to be watered in after application. So I'll show you some examples here. If we look at the fungicides on the Gulf Force Lawn Source, you got from a liquid option, you've got Pillar SC. From a granular option, you've got Headway G. Both of these are designed to be watered in after application. So you would what? apply them and then a quarter of an inch to half an inch of water to work it down into the soil profile, and then you're good to go. So yes, absolutely, you want to run your irrigation after you are done applying your fungicide. Okay, so that's there's a lot of nuance that's lacking there, and mm -hmm. uh, that's not entirely true, at least from my perspective. Uh, and Ray, uh, I want you to yeah. jump in here and just, just give me a go, no go on that statement that you should water in uh, all or most of your uh, fungicides that are used in residential turf. So that's a go, no go. And then I'd like you from a uh, educational perspective to uh, just describe in brief uh, the three different modes, right? That uh, fungicides can enter the plant, right? So whether that's contact systemic or uh, a localized or a cropital penetrant, maybe describe right. those different ways. Okay. Well, uh, Here's my go-no-go. No go. Uh, first question to ask is, is the disease you're treating a disease occurring on the leaves and stolons and shoots of the grass, or is it a soil-borne infection? That it's yellow should... spot disease. Yeah, and, you know, I got to pause right here because we haven't even identified what is causing the yellow spots we haven't even identified i mean because when somebody tells me that they have yellow spots and there is a tree removal involved i'm immediately thinking what if the arborist dropped gasoline or oil on the lawn what if yeah. there's wood chippings that were thrown into the grass and now the uh there's a localized area where the Wood chippings are taking nitrogen from the grass because they need that for decomposition. So that's my first uh, point to stop at. Next up is even if there is some kind of a disease, knowing where your disease occurs makes a huge difference as to whether you should even water in your fungicide or not. Because Ryan, you asked about systemic contact and locally systemic fungicides, right? Correct. Okay. Okay, a contact fungicide. What that means is that your fungicide is only effective when it has contacted live fungal structures. And so if your disease, for example, resides on the leaves and the shoots of the turf grass, uh, it's not going to be very helpful if you wash that fungicide off. Next up would be your systemic fungicides. Now, those, system those systemic fungicides, they may be more effective on soil-borne or root-infecting pathogens if they're watered in. However, Ryan, mm -hmm. 
there are not very many soil-borne infections or diseases, are there? Majority of them are occurring on the leaves, shoots, and stems of the turf grass. I mean, I can only There's think of, yeah, necrotic ring spot, summer patch, take-all patch, and pythium. Those mm-hmm. are the yeah, diseases yeah. that that come to my mind when, when I'm talking about soil-borne or infections that attack the roots. And then your summer finally, patch, you got to be out yeah. earlier in the spring, right? Not now. That's right, Absolutely. right. Yeah, yeah, because by the time you see the damage from the summer patch, that summer patch pathogen has already killed the roots. And then lastly, you have fungicides that are called locally systemic or acropetic penetrants. And those fungicides, they have the property of say you spray on the upper surface of a leaf right a locally systemic fungicide then has the ability to relocate to the underside of that sprayed leaf however it does not mean necessarily that that fungicide will then translocate into the root however a locally systemic fungicide is often very effective for these more difficult to control leaf and shoot pathogens. So if somebody were to apply a locally systemic fungicide and water it in, then they're probably going to lose efficacy of their application if they're targeting a leaf and shoot disease. I mean you know, Ryan, what's alarming to me about this recommendation to water in a fungicide, irregardless of the circumstance, is just the total lack of nuance and context. I agree, and you know, I think that's troublesome. Thing, I think that's the, the, the crux of the issue here is that a blanket statement that could be taken by many to make the wrong choice right that's that's the issue so again the things here to understand would be the ways and the manners in which uh, fungicides will move within uh, a plant right specifically a turf mm-hmm. plant and understand the differences between those the other thing here would be really being able to id the disease that you have and then choosing the correct product and which would then mean where the target site's going to be is this a root mm-hmm. uh, issue is this a foliage right issue or shoot mm-hmm. issue and how do we address those appropriately so it's a good starting point you know just just think about that if you if you don't just go watered in please do not just flip the sprinklers on um after you make any fungicide application that would be a sore mistake and a very expensive one too uh, because mm-hmm. uh not only are you washing away potentially uh a, a, a material that's at the target site of where it needs to be um but also too the other thing that I think on the nuance, the flip side of this is that fungicide applications that should be watered in, how much do you water them? When do you water them? Do you water them right away? Do you water? Them? So there's a whole set of best practices behind that too. And very quickly, if you are going to do that, right? Recent research out of NC State suggests that immediately, as soon as you possibly can, that about an eighth of an inch of water uh, up to about a quarter inch is going to move that fungicide, generally speaking, 
uh, into uh, the area of the root zone that it needs to be to be taken up by the roots. But there's a whole other uh, other sets of compounding factors there, thatch, other things that we won't go into right now. But again, a broad blanket statement, a very dangerous one here uh, if you're trying to get it right. So, mm. Jay Pink, let's go on to track number two in the Ron Henry's July. It occurs every, that occurs on the same every year after year. I treat it, it goes away, but it comes back in the same areas every year. So here's what I would say. Um, if you know you have an area of the lawn that is prone to say like large patch, right? Uh, and you know that it happens in June, what I would do is oh. I would get fungicide in the soil in May. So earlier, earlier than when the disease tends to manifest itself, what? get your fungicide application down. So using it as a preventative, that's going to do a lot to one. I mean, if you do it right, you won't have the problem at all. Um, um, but um, worst case scenario is going to be far less aggressive than if you don't do if you don't you do it preventatively. So I'm a fan of doing fungicide um, in May and then another one in June. Yikes. Okay. Yikes. So again, uh, what the the uh, person asking the question is saying is that, hey, I have a disease, we assume, that uh, mm-hmm. is occurring in the lawn in the same spot. They treat with fungicide. It comes back, and then uh, I'm assuming within that same growing season, and then it, it uh, returns year after year in that same spot. Now, mm-hmm. I don't doubt that that could be happening. Uh, however, you would think that if you're treating it with a fungicide and that fungicide is not effective year over year that you would, you know, either try to want to ascertain if it's actually a biotic problem, right. With the turf. And then secondly, is that, um, you know, maybe it's something that's not a disease, right? Don't know. Don't have the yeah, localized dry spot. Very mm-hmm. well could be right. Um, uh, and so that's, that's foreign objects. Rocks, right? Lushy gravel. I mean, uh, you've seen an instance where the worst of the worst Lushy's seen. <laughs> lawns planted over gravel uh, can exhibit mm-hmm. strange symptoms, especially when it gets hot. Right? It yep. can, right? Yep. Heats so right up. It gets hot, and then the grass dies, and it happens in the same spot every year. That's if somebody the... has a if somebody has a fetish for <laughs> gravel and rocks in a lawn. Lushy actually works at the adult bookstore of that. So <laughs> it's true. You should see some of the pictures. Yikes. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> so again, I think the, yeah. the premise here on the video is that, hey, you know, you've got a problem. Just go out there and apply some more fungicide. Just see if that takes care of it. Go out earlier. Go out later. Again, nuance is important, right? So again, I would say understanding uh, the parameters of the question, asking better questions. I think is incumbent. Mm-hmm. And obviously we get these, you know, on, on our call-in show and things like that, where you don't have enough context and you've got to answer with a couple of, uh, if then else statements, right? If you mm-hmm. see this, then this or else that, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and so that's, again, I just, I, I want to see this information correctly used, applied and, uh, just selling more shit may not be the answer. Is mm-hmm. why is, is may, late for his large patch right that doesn't seem right to me right because isn't there a temperature that you're putting out and we don't deal with large patch that much okay so we'll get Uh, notifications from Sagenta about it based on soil temperature mm -hmm. to start Mm -hmm. putting it out 
But I know, you know I, get, I think I get that in April. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lushy, Large Patch actually happens the year before in the fall. It does not happen in the spring. And so if, so if somebody has Large Patch damage and they see it, in the in the spring, then my words to them are literally, where was your September and October fungicide application? And next question is, what kind of turf grass are we talking about here? Because large patch is most commonly a disease that is associated with zoysia grass, St. Augustine, and centipede and to a lesser extent, Bermuda. However, under normal conditions, Bermuda grass is not very susceptible to large patch anyway. So, Well, but Ray, (laughs) uh, touch on that too real quick. Touch on the fact that, you know, if it's a, hey, I see this in June, right? And Mm -hmm. hey, just go apply something in May. Again, don't have any context that this is warm or cool season grass, right? But uh, let's assume he's yeah. in cool season country. Might be dollar spot, right? So again, trying to understand what, dollars- type, what turf type is. And, and yeah, that's a yeah, simple fix. See- hey, let's apply a little bit more nitrogen and start there, right? As a basis yeah, instead let, of just let- hammering out some headway and hoping for the best. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's all about our context and cultural practices because I, I know we're frequently fond of seeing you cannot spray your way out of a pro, out of a problem i mean that's something that i i tell people you know quite often and that's kind of why i've told people you know hey you don't need me you need a bulldozer you need to scrape out this shit get it done right so that you don't have this problem recurring year after year after year i mean you cannot spray your way out of a problem and you got to ask yourself now are you this lawn's worst enemy do you have it on an optimum mowing regimen do you have it on a fertility program that encourages health of the grass rather than disease i mean and do you have it on an irrigation program that also promotes health rather than disease? I mean, there's a lot of uh, things to do and to ponder before reaching for that bag of headway G or that bottle, bottle of pillar. And there's a lot to think about. Mm. And that is just, and that's just, uh, what I see lacking, because you know what I notice, Ryan? Mm-hmm. I never noticed this guy drilling down into the cultural practices of the lawn when he has a question. I never see him drill down into that, whereas I know... He doesn't make it. Those, you don't make no money those that of way. Us on, <laughs> no, those of us on this... Uh, <laughs> panel you ain't making no cash oh yeah that's right that's right it's like we need those uh you know the money from the affiliate links i mean uh 
that's uh that's what we got to we got to get but then on the other hand i never see people questioned about their cultural practices or their ag- general agronomic practices i never see him ask about that and that is something that has just occurred to me is that anytime somebody asks a question the answer to their question is in the form of a product on his affiliate link always take it for what it's worth really knows. all right really let's the watch answer. the next one here Whenever I serve in my lawn in the morning, I see small cobwebs on the lawn. Is this dollar spot? Yeah, it's the beginnings of it. And what you'll find is um, for, a, for most people, you'll see that and then it just goes away. In, uh, in a Bermuda lawn, if the lawn is getting enough nitrogen um, and you're, you're mowing it properly with, with sharp equipment, dollar spot typically isn't a big problem in Bermuda. I'm not saying it can't be, but if, the, if your nutrient program is on point and the lawn, again, the lawn is getting enough nitrogen, you're mowing it well, you may see the small webs here and there in the morning when there's dew on the lawn, but typically by mid-morning, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, they're gone. And they never materialize. They never really turn into anything. So on Bermuda, you you tend to not really have a lot of problems with dollar spot. Again, assuming nutrients are are where they where they need to be. It's not not typically a problem in, in Bermuda grass. So um so I, long short of it is, if the lawn still looks good outside the little webs that you see in the morning when there's when there's dew on the lawn, I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. So, again, nuance here. Uh, Maybe Ron, Ron may not know, and I'll give him, you know, full faith and credit that he may not know the answer here. So, Jay Pink, I want you to go ahead and throw up the second picture. I saw. Oh, you can throw the first one up. That's fine. Go ahead and zoom in on that real quick. Now, let me ask the panel: Is that Dollar Spot? Does that look like Dollar no. Spot? Is that a funnel okay. spider? There's a yeah, hole in there. Yeah, kind of so, a, yeah, is spider, that's, that's or spider, spider, spider. Yeah. Right, yeah, it's a, so the arachnids, it's a spiders, mites, and ticks. Yep. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, eight legs instead spiders. of six. If you're out there looking for your ID characteristics, that's the easy mm-hmm. one. But so the idea here is is that you'll see these a lot and very often on lawns, both cool and warm season uh, grass. And this can very, very, very easily be confused for dollar spot. Now flip over to for me real quick. Now here, yeah, this is mycelium. This. Mm-hmm is the fruiting structures of dollar spot, right? And we also mm-hmm. know something too that was recently found within the last, oh, probably about four or five years um, that that there's actually two different genus and species for dollar spot, one that affects yes. warm season turf and one that affects cool season turf, okay? Mm-hmm. It's classified differently than it used to be. You'll see it uh, previously referred to as Sclerotinia homeocarpa. That was a Latin name, mm-hmm. but... Uh, the problem was is that all the sclerotinia produces sclerotia as a fruiting variety. That's not sclerotia, right? So that's the nerd science of all that kind of stuff. But right. uh, what we do know is, is if we're a... trying to ID this, the other thing to look mm-hmm. for is the pitting, right? So you'll see the grass just starting to pit where that mycelium is when you have the early signs of dollar spots. So again, you'll typically see this. Uh, it's a damn sure bet that on weak turf or untreated turf, the morning after a rain, especially if you're, you know, night times are you know, in the upper 60s to around 70 degrees, you're going to see this stuff blowing up. 
in those lawns. Uh, so take a good hard look. So don't get freaked out if you see something that looks like um, a web or white structure. Go out there, rub your fingers in it, feel it, see if it goes away, if it disintegrates like mycelium would. You might feel a little bit of thread-like material with the spider mite webs. Uh, from time str- to time. If it feels stretchy, yeah, if it feels stretchy, then no worries. But then if it feels more powdery and dusty, and you know what my identifying characteristic for, spider- for dollar spot always is, are lesions that go across the entire grass leaf and the lesion is separated from the green tissue on the leaf by a black margins but inside of There's the black There's an example of that in that in that picture J pink. Yeah. Top left corner above the 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 leaf that's in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see this uh this white across the leaf with a black band separating the white areas from the green areas, that usually suggests dollar spot to me. And I also have to ask, whenever somebody suspects dollar spot, what kind of grass do they have? What kind of grass are they dealing with? One thing that he did say too in there is that uh, Bermuda. I, I think he specifically said Bermuda grass is not mm-hmm. very susceptible to dollar spot. Uh huh. Uh huh. And uh, again, wow. very very specific times, very specific times of the year. <laughs> I that's not the case, right, Ray? Uh huh. Right, and you know that I've gotten into it with people regarding fungicide use on turf grass in general where my counsel to them is if you are dealing with a variety of turf grass or types of turf grass that are susceptible to dollar spot be very careful when using strobular and fungicides i've said that on the other hand, if somebody comes to me saying that they have monostand turf-type tall fescue, then I can tell them dollar spot is not as much of a concern for them versus if they were growing KBG and rye or else uh, if they're a real baller, they have a bent tea or a bent green in their front lawn. Then I tell them, you better watch out for dollar spot. <laughs> Or just bent grass in your lawn. Bent grass in your lawn, right, right. And then for the warm season, guys, if they're growing Bermuda, growing Zoysia, growing Seashore Paspalum, God forbid, then I tell them, be on alert for dollar spot. If they're dealing with St. Augustine, that's not as much of a concern. So... And if they're dealing with centipede, that's not as much of a concern. But then otherwise, you see, talking about fungicide use and diseases, there is just so much nuance and context Mm. that has to be included in the conversation. And I think that Ron Henry 
tries to blank out and obliterate any of the context. I mean, he's trying to put out one-size-fits-all answers. And that, to me, is just not a good thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. j I think we've got at least one more in here. He says, how to treat St. Augustine grass in Michigan? The same way you treat what? it anywhere else. So if you have St. Augustine grass growing in Michigan, that's kind of far north for St. Augustine. But you would treat it the same way. You would fertilize it accordingly you would mow it at, at taller heights so you know three inches or taller um, you'd use fungicides because st augustine is uh, susceptible to lawn diseases particularly brown brown oh. patch so you want to do preventive fungicide on st augustine in the may june time what? frame but it's the same the what? same program <laughs> take a look at what alan hayne does you know he's you know probably one of the best known people when it comes to st augustine grass and oh, whatever dear. he's doing on his lawn you could do on your lawn. I mean, it's the same same grass oh. as you're growing in a different part of the country. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, listen. This Michigan is one State Augustine. Where, this is one where, uh, again, it, it's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay. But, you, but listen, if you're a legitimate uh, presence, if you're a legitimate uh, authority, on mm -hmm. answering questions like this uh you gotta have at least some semblance of a bs meter to be like wait a second saint augustine michigan mm -hmm. that doesn't make sense i'm gonna ask you a few questions here to to make sure that we're talking about the same thing and that you don't have large crabgrass or that you don't have field past palum or something that looks very uh, similar right right, of, right. Mm -hmm. leaf texture and uh, size and has morphology characteristics that most closely mm -hmm. align with St. Augustine grass, right? Mm -hmm. but so it's, it's still very important to get your fungicide applications on your large crabgrass. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, want it, you want it to survive until the first frost. You, you want it to you stay and look okay. good. Yeah. You yeah. want it to seed and, out yeah. so it comes back and it's thick and rich and full. Yeah, you, you I like that line of green. Yeah, you gotta get out your brown patch applications on St. Augustine for May and June. I mean, that is just crucial. I mean, you got, you got to do it because, you know, in talking with people about brown patch and large patch, as a rule, warm season grasses can develop a variant of rhizoctonia diseases. However, that variant does not hit warm season grasses the same time that the summer and early fall brown patch infections typically hit cool season grasses. I mean, the timing is different because. What has been found out is that the species of rhizoctonia that hits warm season grasses is totally different from what we normally associate with damaging cool season turf in the summer. It's a different 
disease. It's a different, uh, different species. So, you know, again, I got to ask, have we identified our turf grass properly? Have we identified our suspected disease properly? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of questions that, you know, I often ask too, and somebody asks me about a inexplicable brown patch or brown patches in their turf grass. I mean, I ask a lot of questions to try to get an answer versus me looking like the dummy uh, applying fungicides and because it's either the wrong fungicide or their problem is not actually any kind of a disease, the fungicide doesn't work. Now, who looks like the asshole at that time? You know, I mean, this, this is, <laughs> you know, a lot of questions. <laughs> well, and I think, again, that's just saying, like, I, I, the amount of reach that the that he has, and I'm sure that the apologists and the haters and everybody else will come out and say, "Well, you guys are just jealous because you only got twenty five thousand subscribers and he's got double that." I don't give a fuck. The point is, I have is no that... subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a nice smile and a in a in a generally favorable disposition, though, Lushy. There's a lot you can do with your life with yep. those two things. There is. There um, is. There's a couple things. Street corners are one. Yikes. Yikes. Can't buy a pretty mouth on Golf Course Lawn Academy. At least I don't think you can. Yep. Um, but the point again, the point here is that you know just and I hope I hope for Ron's sake, you know, with that reach. Here's what I would say if I was speaking directly to him is that, you know, either you genuinely want to have to get better and you will, or you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again and giving people half-assed answers, right? That uh, take all the nuance out of it and then foster misinformation, foster people, you know, making poor choices because they went back and watched that video, heard something and thought that, hey, that's the gospel. Off we go. And we're making bad, bad choices. And not only that, but potentially having impacts like we're going to see here in just a minute. Now, for those of you that uh, are enjoying this content, uh, thank you very much. And, and if you're watching this live, you're a part of our Patreon and you're a part of our uh, our private Discord server. You can find out more about that at www.patreon.com forward slash burn of return. Uh, it's extremely inexpensive, uh, especially given all the inflation. We have not had to raise our prices basically because we're cheap and we uh, sell ourselves for very little. That's just the way we are as human beings. Uh, but besides that, uh, our growing community, it's a, it, it's a really great bunch of people that uh, all kind of share in their love and passion for turf grass, whether it be professionals in the industry that are doing um, you know, lawn care act, you know, activities, things like that, all the way down to homeowners and average folks and uh because of that we're going to celebrate here in louisville here in just about two and a half months uh week of the what is it what's it now called uh equip expo is that correct jp yeah. i don't want to equip yeah i don't want to yeah. equip expo yeah so we'll be there we are completely a hundred percent sold out for our event right now <laughs> if you want to get on the waiting list you're more than welcome to grovel to jay pink uh there's lots of things that he won't do for money but he might do for an invite <laughs> dirty deeds 2023 so get at him mail at the grassfactor.tv again 
patreon.com forward slash furniture and check us out join up over there and come hang with us all right now we if you are a long time and loyal listener oh i forgot i forgot if you don't like this and you haven't enjoyed this so far well hey fuck off you know i'm sorry just the way it is <laughs> um we're, we're extremely unlikable to a lot of people and we've proved that very very uh, much in the last uh, four to six weeks so you are a you. fucking pussy thanks spencer (laughs) love you pal love you psycho brian Brian whalen (laughs) called in the other night from north carolina Mm -hmm. all the way from north carolina you know what and 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 guys uh, you know i i think the only reason he called in is because our show starts after 9 p.m eastern so he was able to use his night and weekend minutes that mf'er wouldn't use up his anytime minutes on us to save his life so Mm -mm. thanks for calling in though brian (laughs) we really appreciated that now if you are a longtime listener, you'll know that we've preached a lot about, hey, what are the far-reaching implications of all the dumb shit that we see on Jono's turf, right? The people that are making uh, wild and, and dumb uh, prognostications about what people should do, using chemicals illegally or off-label, things like that, saying things like, hey, throw her down, you know, just things like that. I'd like you to watch this clip of uh, a video that came out this week. It was sent to me and basically the premise behind it is uh anti-lawn right that you should kill your lawn off and get rid of it because it's a scourge to society the environment this that and the other thing and i want you to watch the little bit of the intro and then see where it goes and especially for the visual element the folks that are following along on youtube uh you'll be able to see this here pretty quick and for the folks that are audio only i'll give you a little bit of background after we play through it so let's just listen and watch Paul Robbins found that people who use chemicals to maintain their lawns tend to think that these <laughs> chemicals have a negative environmental impact, particularly on local water quality, and yet they do it anyway. According to the EPA, Americans spend more than 3 billion collective hours per year maintaining their lawns and feeding the massive and mega-profitable lawn economy, pulverizing habitat and toxifying our surroundings. What on earth has driven this nonsensical behavior? Well, Robbins argues that lawn people are the result of both a moral and political economy. Our story begins with the early colonial capitalists and their ideals. Lawns originated in the, the 1500s in Europe as aesthetic mm-hmm. managed gardens. Was. As geographer Becky Ellis notes, these were very distinct from commonly managed land, which tended to consist of meadows for livestock grazing or forests for foraging. Lawns grew in popularity among the British aristocracy throughout the enclosure of the commons, where peasants were forcefully kicked off of their lands during the transition from feudalism to capitalism. The enclosure now, acts gave... So... In that video, in that clip, there were uh, there was features of uh, none other than Ryan Nor and a few other folks, and namely though, lawn care nut. And uh, mm-hmm. again, they're taking B roll from YouTube footage and putting this out there. But uh, this is the type of thing that, especially with you know how some people have gone, and I think Ryan's been uh, extremely pragmatic and done a great job. He gets a lot of heat in his comments and everything mm-hmm. like that. Now. On the flip side of that, with Alan, it's not been as uh, measured or mm-hmm. uh, pragmatic in any way in terms of uh, throwing down and put some more nitrogen on it, this, that, and the other thing. And this is what we're saying is that it, it feeds into the narrative 
that's out there and is so ubiquitous at this point. It's so widespread that we're seeing it now. It's it's catching up to the point where it's now in content and in context, right? That there are people mm-hmm. out there saying, well, hey, you should get rid of your lawn. Oh, why? Well, because look at there's all these people out there poisoning the environment. And again, you've got people mm-hmm. doing right. And there are plenty, plenty of people that do it the right way and do and follow all the labels, follow all the laws, understand the regulations. And yet we still have folks that want to put on video or on Facebook, Spencer, dumb shit that they should not be doing. And this is the result of it. So I ask you, gentlemen, I ask you. Is there a way is there a way to pull these people in to the conversation? The Alan Haynes of the world, Brown or whoever, right? Whoever gets featured on Joe Knows Turf or something that eh, maybe isn't so good. How would you try to reason with them and say, listen, you need to do this not because, hey, you, you're gonna sell a few less units, this, that, and the other thing, but you're affecting the narrative in a way that will probably swing back and hit us in the face at some point. How would you approach that conversation? That is, that's a tough one because I, I like Alan is swinging for the fences for the bros, you know, I mean, the lawn domination, throw her down the, the whole, you know, more, more is good. More, more, more is better. Gooder. Mm-hmm. Gooder. More is gooder. gooder. Yep. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> thank, thank you for correcting my English. Yes. Uh, Betterer. <laughs> Betterist. Uh, mm-hmm. Most you know, and he's 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 started off at the beginning, I think, trying to just educate, and then you know, it's turned into a business. He's trying to now he's trying to feed a network of people that work for him in a in a in a his empire that he's built. I get that whole sales part of it. I, I just don't know where he could kind of say, "Well, we got to ease off," and and then it, the from that it gets worse from the sub. Uh, cells, I guess you could say, that have branched off in the Facebook world that I do swim through once those cesspools once in a while, and and those mm. can be wild, absolutely wild, and that and that's a <laughs> difficult thing to try to rein those in, and it's not even him, you oh. know, that it's oh yeah, the network effect has taken over, right? It's it's eight degrees of separation, oh. and it's gotten mm-hmm. worse and worse and worse and worse, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what to uh, what to say to this because at some point in time, I think reason and logic has left the room. That is my uh, that is my impression of what's going on. Is reason and logic has have have left the room, and now you are dealing with people's egos and emotions. And that is where I'm not sure even telling somebody like Alan, hey, did you know that you were the featured person on the video of this cunt that hates lawns? Did you know that you're... Did you know that you're the... Did you know that you're the featured person? And God. basically, I wasn't ready for that. I can't say that. Hey. I don't, and I'm okay. I'm okay with the word too. I just, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, but you know, the like a chest pass was too hard right there. Yeah, my hands. Yeah, but 
<laughs> I don't think he can even be reasoned with in any way, shape, or form because he has gotten so far into the rabbit hole of sales and numbers at any cost that I'm not even sure laws or rules mean that much to him even i mean it, i mean that's what well, i'm afraid of it's not much it's not much different than the big conglomerates that sell fertilizer that are pounded in cheap mm-hmm. materials into them pounded in humic mm-hmm. because it's the new buzzword and that's what we're going to put on the label so now we're selling mm-hmm. it you know we've mm-hmm. got our carbon our carbon pro g you know it they're all they all are following the mantra and not following his mantra. They're just following the sales mantra. And if that's where the industry's going and there's revenue to be made, we'll slap something mm. on the label that'll fall that'll that'll make a sale. Okay, it, it has to hit the all the all of the right buzzwords, right? That's that's what it is. And uh what you know, look why does AMP sell lime that ha- is is lime with iron and humic in it? Why do I need iron what? and humic in my lime in my lime application? Yeah, the amp, amp okay. max I think as well. Amp amp lime has iron and okay. humic in it. Wow, like, and you wh- know what? Why that that makes very great. little sense. That makes so little sense because lime and iron and humic all contradict each other. You know, in terms of what it does. Words. In, in in a law, and I mean it just contradicts, and this is where I always ask when somebody proposes something, whether it be government or agronomy, please make it make sense. Okay, make it make sense. I think there's all valid points there. I just, uh, uh, again, if they, you have to decide if those few extra units that you push by getting edgy, right? And I, I, to be honest, I think that's why we on this particular platform don't sell anything other than our, our our time, our expertise, our experience, all that, our failures, right? Is that mm-hmm. uh, it, it's hard to be disingenuous, right? When you do that, because there is no motive to sell. And I guess what I'm saying here is to, you know, if I was speaking to Alan, I would say, hey, listen, I get that leaning into uh, what you said, Leslie, the domination line, the, the, the bra culture, you know, the, the, the meathead lawn type of thing, right? Like, is that, extra however many units that you're pushing out each year and those extra you know those extra profit dollars really worth it in the grand scheme of things because again you're are you and i think you could legitimately say this and you could probably argue back oh hey here and now i'm still making money but are you biting the hand that feeds you right mm-hmm. are you biting the industry that feeds you and, and eats this stuff up and there's certainly a huge you know, demand for his channel, for his groups, everything like that. And God bless mm-hmm. the guy for building that all on his own. Like, no problem mm-hmm. there. Yeah. 
right again just like we talked about with ron you got the reach now right and you have the ability to you know and i to maybe dial back a little bit instead of going ape shit with you know some of the leaning into and you know there's some uh, there's some other things there too in terms of you know antagonizing other professionals golf guys everything like that I, i i see on uh you know twitter and social media sometimes that he likes to poke fun at them and i i don't know if it's an act i don't know if it's just to be edgy i'm I'm not sure what it is but i will say this is that uh those folks are the ones that are trying every day to do it the right way for the most part and again Mm -hmm. there's there's bad apples there too 100 percent agree but to have that kind of platform to be the biggest right to be the 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 elephant the 800 pound gorilla in the room and to act that way well I, I think it's because be he's he, I, th- I really think he's he's very good at market research i uh, i think he's really hit the mark where he's found people that just want to buy something and put it down and not do the due diligence i mean i've mm-hmm. helped a couple people you know on the side through uh texting and things like that and you know like hey have you done a soil test no well what can i what can i apply like well w- why can't, haven't you done a soil test? You're willing to spend hundreds of dollars on product on stuff. that you may or may yeah. not need <laughs> on stuff, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. I'm putting something out. I'm putting something mm-hmm. out. Like it, I'm like just uh, how do, I don't have a soil probe. You don't need a soil probe. You just go out and dig in the yard. Here, this is how you do it. Send them a quick video. Another guy, yeah. I got this. I got that. I, I had sod put down. Uh, I'm like, yeah, but don't don't put dimension on top of that sod. Well, no, I, I want to make sure I don't get crabgrass. He, I had him put it on it. I'm like, it's in the label. Like, here's a screenshot of the label. Like, this sod was a week old, and you had him run dimension over the top of your... Lord. I wanted him to do it, right? Like, but it is an application. It's got to be made. It, something's got to be thrown down. I want the greenest lawn on the block. I want to be the thickest lawn. I want it to be the thickest. And I'm like, uh, you're opening a can of worms. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. he's found that he's found that algorithm and he knows mm-hmm. that that's who's buying and and it's i think it's almost it's run away i think it's it's a runaway train at this point i don't even think even if he started trying to change it he could i i think lushy unfortunately you are totally correct i think you're totally correct because Good site planning and good cultural practices don't sell. You know, they don't sell because do you know how many times I get approached by people who know what I do and they ask me, I want you to treat for this disease or to make my grass green right now. You know, I get approached like that, and my answer to them is flat out no. Get a bulldozer. Because basically, you know what Alan reminds me of at some point? He reminds me of Dr. Kevorkian. And do you know why I liken him to Dr. Kevorkian? It's because. All the crap that he pushes is the kind of stuff that you need to keep a hospice lawn alive. He's the actual Dr. Kevorkian. 
Mm. You know, I mean, think about that. <laughs> I, I, I think about it way too much. That's the problem. That's the problem. <laughs> All right. <sighs> I Jesse now. B says it perfect in the in the chat. The government's trying to ban gas stoves. They'll they'll be trying to ban home fart cams soon. Yeah, they already are. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, if, for you, sure. if you look yeah, at uh, look up look up uh, the way from you and Jesse right now and look at uh, Portland, Maine, right? So mm-hmm. no mm-hmm. Uh, no uh, synthetic or, or, or conventional uh pesticides or fertilizers now so mm-hmm. you know it, it, again to sit there and not see what's happening and, and how that behavior how that that type of speech and how that those type of practices ultimately influence and give fuel to the fire regardless right of how it's being broadcast or you know produced or anything like that that if it's not all responsible it, at least you can hang your head on that, right? At least if they took a clip from yours, and that's what, like, you know, with Nor, he could sit there and mm-hmm. say, like, you guys can beat me up all you want, but, like, you know, I'm at, like, three pounds, you know, maybe for the year on this, you know, the, the, they were right. showing Not even that. Not, not even, not even that, right? that. Yeah, not even so, that. I mean. <laughs> so there's, there's, there's issues like that. But when you, again, when you're just leaning into it and you're a meme for the cause of just, blatant mm-hmm. overuse or whatever that's that's a problem so we'll leave it there all right mm-hmm. gentlemen we have covered a lot this evening and i think with this extended cut we're going to stop it right there and save some uh some other juicy ones here for uh for future genos this was fun to dive in for an Man. hour and mm-hmm. just I, you know you really had to really had to uh I don't know prepare yourself especially when ray said he was going to see you next tuesday that was special and it'll be special again when we see you next thursday here for our call-in show we hope you all join us then peace out uh it's definitely not thirsty thursday it's uh totally burn and return that's the wrong closer <laughs> that's on j pink <laughs> whoops